Today on the No City on the Sideline Town podcast, episode 11, what does sports change divorce have to do with each other and my guest? Next on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast. Another episode of No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast. Hey, I'm, my name is Joe Foley. I want to thank you for being here. This is the podcast about having a conversation, what it means to be a dad and a parent. Maybe just trying to be an adult, trying to get through this crazy world. I'm not an expert. I'm just like you trying to get through this crazy world one day at a time. And I want to say thank you for being here. I know you're busy. I'm busy. So me listening to me really means a lot. And this is your first time. Welcome. On today's episode, my guest is Cole Johnson. He's an author, a podcaster, a man who loves his sports. On today's episode, we talk about the topic about divorce. Something that Cole wrote about in his book called 10 Scriptures on Divorce That Can Change Your Life. He wrote the book detailing his experience w- with going through divorce, the positive and the negative. So I don't want to hold you up anymore because this is a really good interview and I'm, so I, I really like to get to it. So here it comes. Today on the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, my guest and author and podcaster, also the host of Cold Sports. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Cole. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on your show. Um, to kind of open up, I guess. We can kind of, I know you like sports. So my, my guy can open up a question, not really have to do with the topic we're talking about, but. What is okay. since you're like sports? What is your favorite sports moment? What you can remember, like really sticks to you? Oh man, I see. That's a really good question. Now I'm a football fan, but my favorite sports moment happens to be in basketball. Uh, well, I grew up in Houston, so, and I also grew up around the time that uh, the Rockets had Akeem Olajuwon. So, and you, you probably would think that I'm really, really pulling your your chain. My favorite moment is not when they won their championship in 94 or 95. Actually, my favorite sports moment is when Mario Eli sunk the kiss of death shot against the Phoenix Suns in Game 7 of the 1995 Western Conference Semifinals. Uh, see, back in 95, when when the Rockets got to the finals, they swept through the Magic. So it was it was a little anticlimactic. And in 94, I really couldn't enjoy it as much for two reasons. One, of course, it was the O.J. Simpson trial that was about to begin, but it actually was the incident that started it all. And two, right around game six, I was sick as a dog. Oh. So <laughs> I had no energy whatsoever. So, yeah, I would have to say, yeah, uh, game seven, 1995, Western Conference semifinals, Rocket Suns. That's my favorite sports moment. I can say that um, I kind of like you. I, I like football. Football is kind of my main sport, but... I remember growing up, um, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Parrish, um, mm. and I remember Keem Olajuwon. He was my favorite. So I remember playing. I remember playing basketball for my friends, and um, I always doing that hook, trying to do the hook he did. You know the hook. Oh yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to master the hook. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I could, I could bore you, your listeners, and myself all day talking about all things of Keem Olajuwon. That yeah, he's my favorite NBA player. Period. And I have huge respect for Bird. Love, love, love Larry Bird. Love him. 
one of my other favorite basketball players, I guess, was uh, he wasn't really a good shooter, but he was a oh, great rebounder and um, defensive. Um, what is it? Um, guy played with the Bulls. Yeah, the, the funny here. Um, yeah, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. I knew the last name. I forgot the first name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was he was something. I, I I liked his game in Chicago. I actually loved his game when he was in Detroit because it seemed. He seemed to be, I guess he seemed to be happier and he seemed to be a better fit. And he seemed to be, it seemed to be more of, he truly was a piece of a jigsaw puzzle as a whole. Whereas he did stand out a little more when he was with the Bulls. But yeah, great, great, great defensive player and the greatest rebounder I ever saw. (laughs) Hands down, greatest rebounder I ever saw. Also, he has a great, he he had a very interesting personality too. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> well, I guess um, today we were talking about the, um, the book Ten Scriptures on Divorce and How It Changed Your Life. I noticed you also wrote two other similar books, um, uh, Ten Scriptures of Racism and Ten Scriptures of Joblessness. I was wondering, mm-hmm. these are the experiences you've gone through? or uh, most, of the, most of the things I write about are what I've experienced, and some... In- some are also what I have observed. Um, one of the, I think one of the biggest tools and one of the greatest tools that I've received was the gift of being an observer. So, you know, there were instances, instances and situations where I got a chance to see things from afar and say, Ooh, <laughs> man, this situation might help somebody. But it's, it's, it, it, is, it is different when you observe something and when you live it. <laughs> because when you live it, uh, you can say, yeah, I hope this helps somebody, but this might be partly catharsis, catharsis as well. So let me put this down. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I would be interesting is too is about divorce. You've been through divorce. What is the what is your feeling about it? What is your I don't say message when you went through? What was it feel like when you've going through it? It seems like a me seems like a death of a, a relationship death. It's almost easier somebody passing away than it is going through a divorce. I wonder your feelings about that. Oh, very well said. I have often said, and I think I've detailed in the book too, that when you go through a divorce, it truly is like a death. And when you experience something that when you look at your partner and you, you're standing at the altar and you're looking in her eyes or his eyes, if, if, if you're having to be female and you... And you say that I am wanting to live life and do life with you for the rest of my life. When you live that and then you have this reality set in one day where that end happens and you're still alive, it's brutal. I mean, it really is brutal. I mean, it, it, And I really believe that personally, I really believe that humans were not meant to go through something like divorce and it, it, we weren't built for it. But it's something that we have to understand, ascertain, go through and build and be stronger than when we do go through it. But, yeah, I I really do believe it's like a death and it can be similar to losing a family member in terms of the emotions and the grief process that you endure and go through. No question about that. How did you how did you deal with, if you don't mind me asking, is how do you deal with the grief process? What was your like if you want to share the method process you went through? Oh, I don't mind doing that at all. Uh, now, when I now when I wrote this book, thankfully I did so with a perspective of okay, this happened to me years ago instead of this is what I'm going through right now. 
because going through it, I literally was like a cut open wound. I mean, I literally felt naked emotionally. I felt exposed. I felt utterly defeated. And, and when I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, I, I'm somebody's husband and it's a, it's a joy to be that. And it's a responsibility to be that, but man, I failed at it. And, and you have to come to terms with that. And it's really difficult. So uh, with the grief, it, it was, it's so multi-pronged. I had to deal with, I failed. I had to deal with, there's a person out there who really does not love me anymore, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and there's an aspect of, wow, all this is going on and life is still, life is still going on too. And I really don't feel like dealing with it, but I know I got to. Did and you, it's difficult. It's difficult to juggle all that at the same time. Did you beat yourself up a lot or did you like, uh, I did this. Could I change this? Did you, did you really um, beat yourself up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) I beat myself up for years and I had to learn to stop doing that. And it took a it took a friend of mine that went through divorce, uh, a good female friend of mine. And she said to me when I first was going through it, she said that uh, clinically a person who goes through divorce, it takes 18 months to really get get a handle of it. To say get over it is really, really trite and to me, I think, insulting. But to get through it, give yourself 18 months. And I can tell you in that 18 month span, I was beating myself up, beating myself down, beating myself sideways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 when I got past that, I really would love to say to you, and it would be great if I said to you, you know, in that 18 months, man, I was a new man and I was able to go out and date again and Oh, I was the perfect man because I licked all my wounds. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) That was not the case at all. But I I could say that I think the first 18 months, possibly two years, I did spend a lot of time beating up myself. That could be kind of um, not productive, I guess you would say. Oh, yeah. It it definitely is counterproductive. Uh, I I mean, just, just think of... If we were to really do nothing at all, period, you know, no job, no responsibility, you're not married, you don't really have to do with your your mother or father or or children. You just exist. You know, you keep doing that day after day. You're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to advance anywhere. You're not learning new things and you're stagnant. And. When you go through a divorce and you allow yourself to be in that spot day after day, month after month, year after year, that's exactly what happens. You stunt your growth. And that is unfair to any human being because we're meant to grow. We're meant to learn new things. We're meant to try new things. We're meant to explore and 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 expand our horizons. That type of death, it stunts you from expanding. And yeah. It is extremely, extremely damaging to your growth. What is one thing that when you were going through the process, they, and I guess I'm reading online and stuff like that, that they always say get involved in something like church, a hobby, uh, make new friends. They say it helps to pro- get through the process. What kind of process did you go through? 
Well, uh, <laughs> I would I would say that I, I went through the immerse yourself in work process to begin. <laughs> but yes, I, I did eventually when I picked myself up, I did do hobbies. Uh, I tried to go to church a little more, you know, I, I tried to do things that was, uh, I guess you could say different from the pattern that I did have when I was married you know, so that I could actually experience new things. And like I said before, you know, expand, expand my horizons and, and extend myself further so that I actually will know myself and know what I'm capable of doing, what I'm capable of feeling. And, and most importantly, what I really, really know is to be true about myself and understanding that it's changing. And then it keeps changing and keeps changing and keeps changing. And the introduction of friends makes you understand that, wow, I guess I really am a really interesting human being. Because when you isolate yourself, you really don't feel that way. And you don't think that way either. So, yeah, uh, activities, throw yourself in activities. Uh, go to church. Uh, <laughs> go to sporting events. Go to plays. Do things that that would be different than what you did when you were married, not to just simply forget about her or him, but so you can actually, you know, feed the healing process that you need to have in order to grow and be better. Well, um, I have an interesting question. Uh, growing up, did you have a typical family father, mother and father, or did, or were they, um, they were together and divorced? What was your family like growing up? I didn't want to had something to do how you dealt with divorce. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I came under a two-parent household, so I was not a product of divorce. However, my father was previously married, and he did get divorced himself before I was born. So he would tell me some some stories about how his first wife was before he met my mother. And a lot of what he was telling me about his first wife, that was actually what was happening with me with my first wife. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was just when I was in when I was in the throes of actually trying to heal from my divorce, I actually thought back to the stories that my father told me about his first wife. And I was thinking, wow, this is really eerie and scary. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, this uh, man, the the stuff that he did and he lived through, I lived through similar things. And so, yeah, even though I was under a two parent household, yeah, I I had to live through and then live out the experience that my father did with divorce. It must have been nice to have him there for somebody with counsel and, and some kind of just to kind of exchange information, bounce back and forth in the sound, like a soundboard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just with him in general, yeah, he's been a great sounding board and, 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 and I've learned so many things. I learned so many things that he's told me and I've learned so many things he has not told me. And just in that area alone, um, he was great. He was he was wonderful. And then on top of it, right around that time, uh, <laughs> this is this is really crazy. Uh, one year into my divorce, uh, my father was struck by uh, a, an emergency vehicle. Oh no! So yeah, I mean, he's fine now. But I actually had to be <laughs> part caretaker. Actually, I had to be the the primary caretaker. Uh, and I rehabilitate, helped him rehabilitate and have him be back to his normal self. Now he's great. 
And I learned during that time that he was such a huge help. And I actually, you know, I, you know, I actually had to use him as a sounding board. And then he in return, you know, used me as sort of like, I guess you can say human crutch. And I don't mean in the negative sense, just in the, in the positive sense of, you know, he used to walk around fine. And now he's having issues limping and he wanted to get back to his old self. And now he's back to his old self. That is like what a, what of um an experience of father and son to bond like that and, and to be able to be there for him and, that, and what a, what a what a great thing you could you did yeah oh thank you thank you and 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 every time I, I talk to to my father and I'm thinking man there's no way I could repay you with all you've taught me and he always says to me oh, t- there's no way I could repay you back to what you gave back to me and I'm like wow really you know here I was hurting <laughs> I was trying to help you out you helped me out. You know, and I'm grateful for that. And yeah, I, I cannot, I cannot uh, extol the virtues of my father long enough. <laughs> what kind of relationship with you and your dad when you were growing up? Was it a close relationship or? Oh yeah, it was. It was really good. It was really, really, really strong. Uh, I would say it was multi-layered. I mean, my father did not have issues if I were to get out of line to discipline me. He did not have issues at all doing that. But with that being said. There was there was dynamics where we were like best friends and we still are. And there was dynamics where we were like brothers more than father son. And we we did things such as, you know, we play catch with each other and we took long trips and just two of us at times. And when I got to be an adult, we actually, you know, joined uh, our church choir and we would sing and we sang in our church choir, and we sang together actually in a church group that used to tour around uh, Houston and Texas when I lived down there. And the bonding just kept getting stronger and stronger and closer and closer. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he, he was he, he is great, and he was great in, in my development to even now. And he was definitely, definitely what I needed when going through my divorce. No question about that. I think um, change a little pace here and something more uh, positive. I mean, we talked about divorce in your book and stuff like that. I kind of like want to talk a little bit, if you don't mind, talk about your podcast. I know that it's called Sports, and are you um, mm-hmm. you redoing it or what, what's going on with that? Mm. Firstly, I, I just I love that New England accent. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, Cold Sports. Yeah, I'm going through sort of a repur- uh, repurposing, rebranding. Uh, it, the show is going to sound totally new, and the new episodes are actually going to be coming out very soon. And when I mean very soon, I mean in probably well, as of as of this, it's going to come out in a few days. And there's there's different things that I that I want to put forth, and there's different segments that I want to do, and there's a different voice that I want to actually express. So. Uh, for for those who are interested, I mean, my show is not really a typical sports show. I would I would say it basically is for those who probably are aware. It's like Jim Rome meets Brian Cumble. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you you have you have the hard hitting uh, news with the edge and the entertainment and the humor, but you also have the intellectual uh, properties as well because I don't. I don't subscribe to the thought process that a sports fan is stupid. I subscribe to the the thought that a a sports fan actually is intelligent and doesn't want his intelligence or her intelligence to be insulted. So it's like, okay, well, I want to put forth a product where this lane actually can be filled by somebody who 
will not insult a sports fan's intelligence. So, yeah, it's it's going it's going through a, a construction phase, and the the new episodes. I think you and 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 those like you who are a discerning, intelligent sports fan will love it. Well, awesome! Can't wait to check it out. And another thing you said was funny. You love my Boston accent. Is it because I, I drop my eyes? You know, park the car. You know, that's that's running. <laughs> I have a funny story. When I, I was in the military, and I was in basic training, we had a, a couple people from Boston. One actually, the woman from Rhode Island, mm. and she started talking, and, and I didn't realize she's like her her eyes. I'm like the drill sergeant's picking on her. I'm like, I'm just as bad as she is. Why is she getting all the crap? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> or if I, get oh, really, if I get really going going good um, um there'll be a lot of missing ours um oh gosh <laughs> i no, had a shame. Yeah, I just love when you said that i it just it, it I, I had to talk well about that i thought it was interesting because you're yeah. are you originally from houston i was well okay here's the here's the lineage i was born in new orleans mm-hmm. but i moved to but i moved to houston when i was two two and a half months so I basically basically consider myself a native Houstonian. And so I, I grew up there and now I have moved to Nashville since. But I I was I basically am a Houstonian in heart, in truth, in spirit. And <laughs> as 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 interesting as Boston accents can be, uh, I've heard that Texas and Houston accents can be just <laughs> as interesting. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and yeah, and I I, I I poke a little fun at, at them as much as I would anyone else. So <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's you know, I, I, I love Houston and like I said, bonded with the bonded with the sports teams, the good and the bad. Uh of course the bad and of course I can think of definitely the bad, nineteen ninety two uh AFC wildcard game. Doesn't get as bad as that. No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I, you know, I, I love, I love being Houstonian. I love coming from there, and yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love showing people uh, the energy of the city, which is, it's diverse. It embraces everybody. It it takes in everybody, and when you, when you actually are in the city, you're so amazed at how laid back and calm people are in such a huge city. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always like to give that vibe off when when I'm elsewhere. You know, you know, you know, I'm here. You know, I'm here in Nashville, but you know, I'm like, yo, I'm I'm Houston all the way, and <laughs> Houstonians love everybody. You know, we we love everybody. I'm up um, the, where I'm from. I'm actually I'm in New Hampshire. I'm originally from Bo- I'm right around Boston, but I'm live in the state of New Hampshire right now, dead center okay. of the middle of the state of New Hampshire. So it's all about 32 degrees right here today. So it's a little chilly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's it's not much warmer here, Nashville. I say it's about maybe forty five, but yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> it amazes me how y'all can live up there in the winter, though. <laughs> All right, I don't want to deal with earthquakes, and I don't want to deal with hurricanes. We get them once in a while, so I'll take ah. I'll take I'll take two feet of snow over those two things. All right, so no hurricanes, no earthquakes, but you'll do blizzards. Okay, gotcha. I got a, I got a shovel. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Oh, I hear that. One I hear I, that. One thing I always wondered too, and I've never been to Houston or been to Tennessee, and um, this mm-hmm. is a lot, another thing, a little bit off topic, but um, barbecue. They have a lot of good barbecue down there. Barbecue. And they do barbecue. They in both places they do. 
And I always uh, always rep it. I always rep it this way. There's there's barbecue in different places, which is great. And then there's te- Texas barbecue because the difference to me is other places the barbecue for them is basically which is fine. And you know I, I can de- I can deal with that. Uh, to, for instance, here in in Tennessee, they they love barbecue sauce to be sweet. Mm-hmm. You know they they love sweetness to their barbecue sauce, which is fine. Uh, and, and when I was in North Carolina and Virginia, they loved their barbecue sauce to have a little bit more vinegar to it. In Texas, it's more tomato based, and on top of it, they they cook their stuff in mesquite. Mm. So, yeah, so it's it's more it's more of a lifestyle and a flavor in a way that I have never seen anywhere else duplicated. And whenever I say you know, there's a difference between barbecue and Texas barbecue. People think that I have this elitist understanding of it, but like, no, no, no. They 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 actually dedicate themselves to the art. For instance, uh, in February, uh, Houston always puts on uh, a livestock show and rodeo, and before the event kicks off, they have a weekend long event where they do nothing but judge bar- uh, uh, barbecue stuff, ribs, brisket, uh, <laughs> links. <laughs> beans i mean and it's a weekend long thing so it it is it is it is a lifestyle for sure but yeah both places barbecue is great i'm running up against lunchtime today so i'm a little hungry listening you talk about Uh oh (laughs) (laughs) um let's let's say that a little bit um some advice for people going let's wrap it up i guess i would say we wrap it up i guess um, what would you give some advice for people going through divorce? Would it be the like maybe a few keys that might you might give since you've already been through it and experienced it? Uh, the first one, I definitely will, definitely will say, own the fact that you feel horrible. Own it because there's going to come there's going to come a day and a time where you're going to feel like you don't want to be around anybody. There's going to come a time where you don't feel like hearing anybody's advice. And it's going to come a time where you don't feel like that you want to to exist on the planet. Own that. Because the sooner you own that, the sooner you will heal. So, yeah, own being horrible. Own feeling horrible. Own that. Because it's a pain that you're not supposed to have. And so you need to get it out of your system. You know, so own it. Uh, another thing I would say is understand that when you do badmouth your <laughs> – and I say when – because uh, I, I will never say if when you badmouth your ex, either in front of him or her or about him and her or him or her. Understand that hate and love are the exact same thing in that regard, because I can describe you talking about this person with it, intense hate. With the same type of verbiage as I can, if you talk about that same person with with the intense passion of love, it basically means you care about that person. So own also that you, you really do care about this human being. They may have hurt you and they may have major, major name, absolutely nothing, but you have feelings for that person. So own the fact that you care about them. And another point I'd say is just know that you will heal. You will get through it. You will get through it. Be around, get around those like I had to with my father. Get around those who've been through it, and get around those who who know that you have 
the makings of the stuff that that can get you through. Go through grief, and there's five stages of it. You know, you know, you'll deny it. <laughs> you'll be angry. You will bargain with God and with whomever to get you get you out of whatever you're feeling. Uh, you'll go through a state of confusion. You'll then finally accept it. And when you do, you will learn that your verbiage will change from saying I'm divorced to I'm single, but I went through a divorce because it's a difference. There's a profound difference. And it will lead you to actually say nice things about your ex. Like, I really wish my ex-wife well. I want her to be happy. I want her to be happier that she, I want her to be happier than she was when she was with me. That That is my true desire right now. And when you get to that place in your life, when that stench leaves and you have nothing but positive things to say about your ex, that's when you know that you can get past this stain of divorce. Because you're meant to be happy. You're meant to live a good life. And you can't let something like divorce derail you. It's true. It's true. Positive, positive thoughts. Positive, a lot of positive thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, where else? Where they can find you if they have any questions about um, the book or where they can reach you at? Okay. Well, I mean, they can reach me at coldsports.com. Of course, I'm there. If you want to talk about sports, that's fine. Uh, if you want to talk about other things as well, you can also email me at kojoworks at C-O-J-O-Works the word works all one word at gmail.com. I am glad to answer whatever questions you all may have. And I, I look forward to helping people heal. I look forward to entertaining people and I look forward to just pass along positive vibes and intelligence all over the place. Well, thank you, Cole. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate the time. I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, wrapping it up, heading on the door, I want to say thank you to Cole Johnson from ColeSports.com for being a guest on the podcast. You can find all the show notes pertaining to this episode and my interview with Cole Johnson over at NoSittingOnTheSideline.com. Feel free to leave a message over there. I have a way of leaving a voicemail through SpeakPipe or just leave a message in the comments below the episode. Any comments? Any feedback is welcome because it helps improve the show and gives me a chance to interact with you. Also, you can find the website at nosittingonthesideline.com. There's a section where you can leave or leave a message. Also, sign up for the newsletter. I promise, no spam. I just want to be able to interact with you more and send you information that I find pertaining to the topics we talk about. You can also find me on social media. I'm very active on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at NOSDadPodcast. It's actually at NSOSDadPodcast. Until next time, get involved with your kids. Take a minute and just ask them how the day was. Or when they get up in the morning, how are you? Is today going to be a good day? Just give them a hug and say you love them. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya. See ya.